Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Once airborne, we'll let you know when you may use approved electronic devices, but note that some items may not be. Welcome to this episode of the Cobracast. We're finally, we've made it. We're going to Dallas, Texas, the home of them boys. Them boys, we them boys. Um, Madden, Madden Bowl champion, Dallas Cowboys. Yes, that's right, the Madden Bowl champs. We're finally going to the home. Well, like after like we had a chat yesterday about how we need to go back to Orange County to get home. I just... um. I actually decided just we'll just go home. I've stuffed this trip up enough. There's just no point in going to Dallas, mate. We just, we just it's easy just to go home and just you know, forget about this whole my whole bush of the strips. So, mate, we're we're going to fucking Dallas, all right? That's no, no, no. We're going home. I decided that um, yeah, it's time to go home. Just I've I can't handle you and um, you losing your mind like um any more than you have with me at this trip. So I just sort of figured, no, nah, I'm cutting it short. No. Nah. We're going to Dallas. No, we're going home. Fair for the bookmark. Dallas, Texas. Let's go. We're going home. All right. We're going home. I'm (laughs) going to Dallas. Dallas is just... Ah, just jokes, mate. We're going to Dallas. Just want to see your face. (laughs) We're going, mate. Let's roll. All right. How far away? All right, mate. So, Dallas is located in the US state of Texas. Not too far from Houston, where we probably should have went. Yeah, we went first, so... I'm now. I'm now starting to put together. Ah, okay. I've now understand why you haven't been happy with this whole trip. But um, yeah. So for us to get home from here, it's going to take uh, you know, just over 20 hours, and it's just under 15,000 kilometers away. So it's a nice little. After I've finally, I've finished this trip with you in a good, good mood with me going to Dallas. So it's going to be a great trip on the way home. Yeah. All right. So Dallas covers just under a thousand square k's. Its population is just under 1.2 mil. Yeah, uh, nice. And it's got it's got some pretty pretty bloody successful sporting teams, mate. So who are yeah? They? So we've got the uh, the Mavericks in the NBA, the Rangers in the MLB, the Stars in the NHL, and FC Dallas in the MLS. And 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 the um them boys, ah. the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys. You know it, the home of yeah. them boys. Um. So yeah. So give me um give me a food, mate. What am I eating across here? All right, so the most iconic food in Dallas is actually chili con queso. Ooh, sounds delicious. And the, so, uh, 
the most famous landmark, mate, in Dallas is the Morton H. Merson Myerson Sympathy Center. No, 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 mate. What is that going? There's only one place you need to go in Dallas, and we all know what it is. It's the Cowboys Stadium, baby. Wait up, boys. Yeah, okay. We'll we'll go do a tour of that, mate, and we'll get a photo with you in the uh, middle of the middle of the ground. Yeah, um, I'll go. I'll go tell him it. Sign up, Dak Prescott. Let's go. <laughs> go get some deals done. I tell you what, mate. Uh, you being excited about going you know, to Dallas is bloody much more than that dicko bloke trying to run our coattails across to uh, Wisconsin to Green Bay the other day. Mate, tell you what, this shit about dicko and his Wisconsin dreams. Those cheeseheads can get stuff. Sweet and boys, we're coming. I, I, I was trying to work out why he was trying to join us when he was already back in Melbourne. We were already across in America. Thought he could just jump on and get there as quick. Actually, shit, he probably could have got there as quick as we did with my navigation skills. But anyway, anyway, let's move along and forget about my uh, my butchery. So there are quite a few famous people born in Dallas, mate. That include Chris Bosch, Usher. Usher tries to claim he's from the ATL, mate. He was born in Dallas. You've also got a little bit about Vanilla Ice, mate. Ooh, Owen Wilson. Baby. Bit of Von Miller. Erica Baidu. Oh, mate, they just run away, mate. So, uh, yeah, yeah, like NBA champs, you know, multi-platinum artists, you know, superstars. One, one of Will Ferrell's good friends, Owen Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know. So, uh, what's, uh, what else is around Dallas area, mate? Right, it's uh, not too far from Dillon, the home of the uh, Dillon Panthers, you know, just the, the uh, focus of the documentary series, Friday Night Lights. Yeah, good, great doco series, that one, right up there, like, you know, ones like The Last Dance and that type of stuff. But, um, yeah, it's real factual type stuff. It's, uh, it's, it's a good chat with the, uh, the dingoes down in Dallas, and uh, it's, it's been a big week, mate. It's been a hell of a week. Um, is that seven stops in seven days on our USAFL tour? Um, I've, I've had a great time. Yes, I do apologize for my uh, stuff up, mate. But I also want to, just want to let you know, mate, we're going to the Philippines on the way home. We're going to stop path of a bit of a party in the Philippines before we get back to Australia, mate, just so uh, you know. All right, well, I thought I owe it to you, mate. I owe it to you. I butchered this trip up, mate. I'll take you to the Philippines. All right. Sounds nice, but... We are in Dallas. So let's enjoy the Cowboys, the home of the boys. Let's I go. Just, I just want to let you know, mate, that um, that like the time this uh, conversation, this interview is booked in for, we're off like an hour later. So, all okay. right, who cares? We're in the Dallas. No, I'm let's kidding, go. mate. We got plenty we're, of time in Dallas. We them boys, baby. We're going <laughs> all the way to the Super Bowl. We'll be going back to Disneyland. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> Enjoy this chat with the, the, the great people from the Dallas Dingoes and we'll see you back in probably Australia or Philippines or that's if I can get this bike out of Dallas because right. good chance we won't be able to. Right. With your navigating, we could end up frigging to the moon before we get to the Philippines. But anyway, we them boys. Enjoy this one. We'll see you on the next wherever the hell we bloody end up. All right, today we're joined by our two blokes from the Dallas Dingoes. We have the president, Zach McKinney, and their coach, James Henderson. Welcome, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. No, uh, thanks for joining us. We uh, appreciate it. Uh, Let's get straight in. We've got a heap of questions to ask you guys. Uh, The first couple sort of go through both of your stories, but probably start with you, Zach, and find out how you came across Aussie Rules in the first place. 
Dallas? Yeah, good, good question. Um, being American, it's obviously not a natural sport to come across. I was playing rugby in college at Texas Tech and had an Australian teammate that played for the Austin Pros down in Austin, Texas. And they tried to – the USAFL basically had a college tournament. Um, so my my friend Wes gets our whole, like, rugby team pretty much. We traveled down to Austin and played a bunch of, like, other college kids. Um, did pretty well there. Had a lot of fun. So then we get our college team again, go down just to play against the Austin's, Austin's players. Had fun there too. So I knew whenever I was going to move back to the city that had it. Um, I joined the team, so I moved back to Dallas in uh, 2017 and, and joined the club immediately. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, it was good that you were able to find a better sport than rugby. It's a lot, <laughs> lot more fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it fits my um, skill set a little more, I think. I was pretty skinny back then, too. Yeah, we found that uh, talking to a lot of the clubs around the world that I find that where rugby is a big sport, you know, you've got to be a pretty certain body type to to be successful at rugby and yeah. and you, you got to be a bit of a meathead to just want to run straight at other blokes so uh, the problem is that i had that mindset but <laughs> 160 pounds they'd stick me out on the wing and i'd touch a ball like six times a game uh <laughs> so playing aussie rules i get a little more a little yeah, more well, hands on. you can take that that no regard for your safety attitude and transfer to football and uh that helps successful yeah um, but what about you, James? How did you end up over in Dallas playing footy? Uh, it's been a sort of long story, but I, I grew up playing footy all my life in Melbourne. Um, and then I shifted around the world a lot. So I moved to Sydney for a while and then I moved to London and then ended up in Los Angeles and then ended up in Dallas, all for work. And um, when I moved to Dallas, you know, relocating myself and my wife all the time, we kept thinking, well, what's what's a part of, you know, some sort of club or community that we can be part of. And uh, I didn't realise there was an Aussie footy league in, uh, in Texas or even in the US. And so I just started Googling local clubs. I actually found the rugby clubs first because they've got a pretty big presence. Um, and just from searching around, I suddenly found one of the footy clubs and went, well, like, not even Dallas, one of the other ones. And they realised, well, then maybe there's a Dallas club. So did some Googling and, and found the Dallas club. So um, I actually reached out to Zach through uh, Instagram. And just said, hey, you know, interested in coming down and helping around. I'm, I didn't want to play anymore. Um, so I'm coaching the team now. But uh, just said, hey, I'll, I'll come and help out and do whatever I can. So, you know, six, seven, eight months later, whatever it is now, and, and I'm coaching the side. Terrible decision on my part to give them our actual information. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Sucker. <laughs> um, that sounds like you, you've had a pretty decent job to be able to travel the world and see many places and. uh and then, yeah, end up in Dallas playing, uh, coaching footy, which is uh, pretty awesome. But yeah, I'm in uh, work in healthcare, so it gets me gets me around the place. Yeah, very nice. Um, so you guys weren't always the dingoes. Uh, how and when was Dallas first started, and what what were you originally called? So this was before my time for sure. I actually just learned this, is that when the footy club originally was formed, they were the Dallas Outlaws. Uh, that was 1997. And then shortly after that, uh, 2000, I think, they changed the Dallas Magpies. Uh, but nobody in America knows what a Magpie is. So it was a lot of explaining that to people when you tell me you play for the Dallas Magpies. 
Um, so we did some rebranding um, just a couple years ago, 2018. Yeah, we've been a, the Magpie. Uh, sorry, we've been at Dingo's for two years now. Um, yeah, did some rebranding. Got got new kits. The the alliteration there, Dallas Dingo's, rolls off the tongue a little bit better than a magpie. And instead of answering that question, we just get a lot of Dingo ate my baby comments, and then move on from there. <laughs> yeah. It's been uh, it's been a good good two two three years as the dingoes. I like it. Yeah, I do enjoy the name the dingoes. It's up there one of my favourite ones because of the fact it's obviously not one that's a, an Australian club. It's not exactly rare, but it's not common. And as I said, like when you've got the you know, Dallas dingoes, it just rolls off the tongue. Um, yeah. Your playing jumper and your logo, I'm a massive fan of it. Um, how did that come about? What was the thought process behind it? Uh, well, we picked our colors. I mean, we want to go kind of similar to like what the dingo is. So that's kind of where the yellow came from. Um, we play against Austin and Houston a lot with the Crows. So they have like a lot of blue and yellow in both of them. So we tried to definitely, you know, not run into their colors as much as well. So that's why our, our kit's like pretty much full yellow. Um, and I believe the lady from Tulsa designed the like big dingo head across the jumper. I can go grab one actually, if that would help people you think, but we can do that later. Um, and then the logo itself that you see here in the corner was designed by Brian Barish, who's up there in the USAFL. Um, he designed this for him. It looks awesome. It's got, um, you know, the Dallas skyline in there with the dingo. Then it's also got like the Lone Star for Texas and then the Southern Cross up there as well. So it's a nice little Yeah, it's a very in-depth logo and I like ones that have got, you know, aren't just a simple bang, there's the you know the animal or the uh, object, whatever it is. But um when was the first game for Dallas, you know, back when you were the original Dallas team and when you become the dingoes and how did the team fare? Uh I mean definitely I can't I can't answer for originally. Um, like I said, I just joined a club a few years ago. I know that they were pretty successful um, early 2010s, winning the premiership. We were a D1 club for as long as I can remember, up until a couple of years ago, winning the premiership in 2011 or 2012, I think. Uh, yeah, so obviously a good club. My first year in 2017, we got um, we won Central Regional. We like to call ourselves Central Regional Champions of the World. And then went on to went on for a, a pretty decent finish at nationals that year. I think we gave ourselves third place. Um, you know, there's no third place match, but like in our hearts, we know we would have beat that fourth place team. Uh, so definitely pretty good. And then um, a bit a bit of a like falling out afterwards. It's a pretty new club now. Not a lot of guys um, are left over from even just 2017. So it's been some some rebuilding, but. Now our, our sites are set on D2 national champ of the world. <laughs> um, and I like we're ahead. We got James and, and others helping out with coaching staff. And then all of our guys are super committed now. It's a lot of newer guys, but everybody's so enthusiastic and so pumped. Um, I, I love where our club's at and where we're headed right now. No, that's awesome. Uh, hopefully, hopefully this uh, COVID shit hasn't uh, upset those plans too much and we're able to, yeah, luckily, we're in Texas and they're throwing COVID out the window. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's all right. Nice. Um, but 
So you've had a bit of success. Oh, do you guys have a song that you sing when you win your games? Or is that something you, do, you haven't worked on yet? Not, not really. So there was one as the Magpie. Um, and then whenever that went away, we've like tossed a couple ideas around, like just switching out the name Magpie for Dingoes. Doesn't quite work out the same in the song. Uh, so that's, that's definitely something that we need to get together uh, and, and work out as a club. Yeah, very nice. Well, uh, after we're recording this, you'll we'll have the our Wisconsin episode out next week, and they've got a cracking yes. cracking song. If you haven't heard that one yet, you might have to get into those boys and see if they can put you in touch with the guy who wrote that song for them. That's yeah, that, that's what we need. I need your like recording studio there. Then we <laughs> get our own album. Yeah, for sure. You mate. No mate. No, I skipped you. I skipped a question. So, you just ask the next one. All right. So, is it? Um, well, you said you're in a rebuild. Uh, has it been hard to get new players to the club? And and how many did you have before the season sort of got yeah. put on hold? Yeah, I can uh, tell you this one. So we, um, I think back in the heyday of the of the Magpies, they used to have you know 60, 70 guys on the roster. So it was actually a pretty good side with a second side as well. Um, Dallas is a pretty big city when you combine the whole Metroplex. So they had different sides in different parts across Dallas as well that would come together. Um, these days, we have a, a relatively short roster. We've got uh, just under 40 players at the moment. So it's not, not too small, but not too big. Um, some of those guys are sort of spread across. So when we're playing what we call a Metro game, which is a local game. Um, you know, we sort of can split the side into two and, and pretty much have around about 18 a side or 16 a side when we can get them to training on a Saturday. Uh, when we go on the road, it's a little bit harder with people's commitments because you're not just playing with another club in the same city. You've got to travel, as you know, Zach said before, to Oklahoma or down to Austin or Houston or, or, or somewhere else. So um, we'll usually get a full side when we go on the road, uh, but there has been a couple of times we've got to borrow some players when we're heading out as well. Um, we got a few sort of recruitment efforts underway and um, really it's, it, it sort of varies whether it's, you know, seeing a fit bloke running a park and running up and saying, hey, mate, you look fit, come down and try or, or whether it's um, trying to get affiliations with other clubs. Zach sort of knows the, the GAA Irish boys pretty well and there's a few rugby clubs in town as well. So um, got some affiliations through there with Zach as well. So a few things we're starting to build and I think over the next few years we'll start to build down sort of more youth levels and, and get some younger players coming through. Just just to kind of build on that, in, in 2018, I think we were averaging like eight to 10 guys at training during the week um, at times. And so to go from eight to 10 regularly now to, you know, 30 plus guys interested in just a couple of years. Um, so again, kind of kind of goes with that, with that rebuild theme, but we're, we're definitely getting there. Yeah, it's a big effort to go from eight to 30. Uh, so whereabouts do you guys train and play? Uh, so we, we currently don't have a dedicated oval here in, in Dallas. So we actually train on a rugby pitch, um, which is sort of down near, not far from downtown Dallas, a few miles away. So we, we use that rugby pitch. Uh, on the weekends, there's actually a pretty big cricket community here in Dallas. Um, so a, a pretty big community up in the North Dallas area. So there's been a few occasions where we get to use some of the cricket ovals. But without a dedicated oval, um, you don't have the painted lines, you don't have the the posts and things like that up that you probably take for granted in, in, you know, in Melbourne because they're everywhere. So uh, we sort of rotate around a few grounds and a few different places, um, really just depending on availability and, and what we can get to and, and sort of what grounds are in good nick for us to get out and play. Yeah, very nice. You might have to just uh, 
take over one of those cricket clubs, you know, it's a boring game anyway. We'll, we'll try, we'll try. Yeah. I do have a question off that, though. How the hell is there a cricket community in Dallas, but there's not a massive footy community? There's actually a, a pretty massive uh, Indian population. Oh, okay, yeah. well, that's, all, that's pretty much all we need. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, uh, I think I was, I was looking it up. So, the Dallas Cricket Society, I think there's 20 or 22 cricket pitches across the Dallas-Fort Worth whole area. Um, and I know the club in the past has tried to do some affiliations with those clubs to get a dedicated oval, but the cricket community don't really want the Aussie rules guys running around tearing up the cricket pitch. So it's um, some things we're still working on to get a, a home ground that we can consistently play at. There's a cricket pitch at the University of Texas at Dallas that we've practiced on a couple of times, um, but we just have to use like half of it because they won't let us cover the, I don't know, the what concrete. You call it, the concrete. Yeah. It'll, yeah. Yeah, the wicket. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, well, that's actually a, a common problem we have here is a lot of our clubs are, you know, they're footy in the winter, cricket in the summer, and, you know, we're not allowed on our ground until the day cricket's finished, you know, like, uh, so pre-season, uh, training and stuff, we've had, you know, we've had to actually go train on a soccer field because it was the only flat ground that we could get that wasn't a, just a park mm-hmm. in the middle of somewhere during our summer. I'll um, tell you what, Rift. I was actually, as he was answering that question about needing to go train on the rugby ground, I was thinking, I'm like, we use the um, soccer ground for our pre-season. If we go back there for 20, uh, pre-season 2021, we're going to be much better equipped to doing drills and, you know, teach your bikes how to play on it and play nine aside because we're learning how to pretty much all around the world do it. And here we were bitching and complaining, oh, we're on a soccer ground. <laughs> We can uh, be like, okay, this is how they do it in Dallas. This is how they do it in Vietnam. Yeah, we're now doing it in Australia. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think uh, uh, if I can add on to that, though, like an interesting comment you made, like the difference with Oz in here is Aussie uh, footy is a, a winter sport. And over here, it's a summer sport. So we play in summer here and it's, it's 40 degree days and we're out there running around because you can't play Aussie rules in winter in the northern states. You go to Minnesota, you go to Chicago, you go to New York, wherever it is, and they're, they're six feet under snow or more. So... Um, the actual league plays in summer and that's the same time as cricket. And so there isn't any trade-offs that you can really have with those cricket clubs to say, we'll take it when you're not playing and go the other way. They're playing at the same time we're playing. So that's why it's really hard to get on the ground. Yeah, I think you need to just rock up with 40, 40-odd 40 <laughs> footy blokes. So there's 11 wankers hitting a ball around. Just to, uh, yeah, but they're, they're, we're they're, taking they're, over. They've got cricket bats though, mate. So, uh, you know. Yeah, nah. <laughs> Most of them well, can barely swing it. <laughs> um, oh, we've lost, lost one up to, but anyway. Um, you mentioned that to us before we started recording, there's a couple other teams in Texas, uh, Austin and um, Houston teams, and that must help you guys a lot having those sanctioned USAFL games uh, and getting ready for the tournament. Uh, talk us a bit about the those sorts of games and how competitive it gets between the, oh, the big Texas Rivals. It yeah, it's great having those clubs and, and driving distance there. From from Dallas, it's about like three hours to Austin and, and four to Houston. So even if you need to just do it in a day, you can go down there and play and come back to Dallas. You know, some guys got plans the next day. Um, but we do a Texas Cup. So Austin and Houston will come to Dallas for a round. Austin and Dallas will get down to Houston. You know, all three clubs meet in each city. Um, so you kind of get to play both and that's 
great preparation for what we do at regionals and what we do at nationals. The, the setups are pretty similar. Um, you know, it, you do have to get used to playing a game, having a break, and then playing a game because that's, that's how it happens at regionals. That's how it happens at nationals. Uh, but it's, it's great also for us in the sense that uh, playing Austin, who's won a D1 championship, like, they're going to get mad at me if I get this wrong. I don't know, four out of the last five years, they're a like, very consistently good club. Yeah, so I had, had their powerhouse. That's... Yeah, they're all right. It's whatever. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's great to play them, uh, play some really good competition, you know, even though we may lose, we're always something to work on with them. Um, and then with Houston, it's always tight games. So of the three Texas Cup rounds we played last year, they tied us in Dallas. They beat us in Houston, and then we beat them in Houston. So it's, I mean, it's about as tight as you can get. The, the spread was like five points, I think. Um, we knew we had to beat them by like so many points to, to try and like win it out. But yeah, so it's super tight with Houston. And then again, because we see them a lot, you know, it's, competitive on the field but but pretty friendly off the field uh which which is always you know almost more important than anything else going on um so to hang out with those guys afterwards um is great and they've they've got great leadership uh, both of those clubs do so it's it works out pretty well yeah that's good yeah we spoke to uh beardy from houston at the start of the week and he was talking about all the um metro or the like, metro games the cups that you guys play against each other games and it definitely yeah. it sounds like you guys have a bit of a luxury down there compared to clubs like denver and whatnot and you know, definitely yeah, definitely make the most of it. Out there um it's tough for them so it is it's an advantage um for sure for us and we try to we try to make the most of that you know getting those getting those extra games in yeah absolutely so as i've been sitting here i've been sort of trying to just find out some more stuff about you blokes and so zach you were actually uh, on the roster to go to the International Cup this year? Yeah, it was. Stupid so. coronavirus. Never been to Australia before. Was really looking forward to it. Um, and now we are delayed a year, I guess. Uh, so, so do you guys know much about the International Cup? I don't know how big it is. Over there. Uh, so when we've <laughs> ne- we, we, we now know a fair bit about it just by talking to clubs. We've said to a few clubs that um, we know it happens. Like in Australia, we know it happens. But right. the only time you really ever hear about it is if you're happening to listen to SEN in the morning or maybe a podcast that may have a guest on when it's actually, <clears throat> when it's actually happening or channel seven, the day of the grand final will go, Oh, this happened beforehand. And that's pretty much all you get from it. So, but now that we know we are fully aware of it and know the dates, know where it's happening, we're definitely going to be keeping yeah. a keen eye on it. We're actually trying to work out a way to get ourselves up to the sunshine coast in 2021 for a week. And hopefully our footy club can go on without us, which they probably won't be able to because <laughs> without us there, that's not. Legends, how do you? <laughs> yeah. But um, so how how do you go? How did you get picked to do that? Is there a tryouts, or is it just based on your form at nationals and regionals? So I think it's kind of a combination of that. Um, obviously, if you're playing at nationals and coach sees you, that's a good way to do it. The, the way that I I kind of got picked off of a tryout though, they did a camp. Invited every American that was interested in playing um, last April, I think, was the first one. Um, and so did a, did a bunch of drills there, did like some some fitness things. And luckily for me, it was in, in Arlington, which is right next to Dallas. It's where the Dallas Cowboys play. Uh, so because Dallas is kind of central um, geographically for the country and a big airport there. So I just got lucky, drove down there, 
it was great to play with some pretty high level uh, footy with other Americans and, you know, make friends with all these other guys from, from other clubs. I think there were about 50 people there, um, which is pretty good. And then, so that was in April. Then we had nationals in October and um, I talked to the coach. Coach watched me, Tom Ellis, um, watched our games during that and came up to me after the game and said um, I had made a team. And then we did a camp in February. Um, they, hadn't, they hadn't picked the whole side, so it was about half the side was picked, and then um, the other half that was there was still trying to make the cut. Um, so it was whittled down a little bit, and again, just like really high-level American. It's great to play. Um, so I'm very like proud, very excited to represent Dallas Dingoes on that. We've actually got another guy from Dallas, Jeff Kramer. Um, and he was on the team last International Cup in 2017. So he's he's been there and played in it and could tell you a little bit more about how it works. This was going to be my, my first time to play in it. But, um, you know, next time, they, next time they have it, I'll be there. Well, that's good. And Zach, Zach's been a bit modest there as well. I think Zach, Zach's really – he's a fantastic athlete. He's got really good athleticism, a phenomenal <laughs> lead. Tiny biceps, um, <laughs> phenomenal leap, and I think I think for for a guy who's only been playing a sport for a few years, he's really picked it up, you know, incredibly well. So you know, we were having even just a, a muck around kick yesterday, and and the the natural sort of ability of Zach to be able to get the foot into the ball and and sort of be able to read the ball and things like that's you know pretty pretty phenomenal for a guy who's just picked it up a few years ago. Yeah, just, I was just happy that coach was put me in the middle. Uh, I didn't want to get stuck somewhere else. Uh, he he called me. I was like, because every all these Americans are going to be, you know, top Americans on their team. So everybody's probably playing in the middle to get a lot of the ball. So he called me like asking where I wanted to play. And I was like, coach, I know everybody plays in the middle, but I like, let me do that. And he was like, all right, I got you. If you can be in the middle. We'll see how Zach goes in the back pocket this year though. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So if it does, if 20, I was going to say, it's nice to know that you're definitely going to be there in 2021. If it goes ahead, then they're not going to you know, do tryouts again. But when you come well, across... They, they are probably going to, but I imagine I'll make it. Well, you better. Otherwise, <laughs> I'll be starting a petition and getting... You know, getting I'm going to keep Dallas, Dallas, Dallas this on. But um, so it's in July. When you come across to Dallas, mate, make sure you organise a quick pit stop down at uh, to Melbourne. Oh, yep. And we'll uh, you know, have a beer with you down at the Cobra Pit and might even try and work out a way to get a clearance for a day and throw the jumper on and get you out there for a game. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. I might see you on the way down there and the way back. <laughs> well, um, Bye-bye, mate. <laughs> like you said, we'll try, we're going to try our best to get up there because we've heard a lot about this uh, International Cup and we're starting to get annoyed that it's not getting enough coverage over here. Like you said, we, a lot of time that they might do a, a piece on it on a, you know, before the footy that, on a Saturday night and it's sort of like after the fact, right? This was highlights of some of the international games that uh-huh. went on and these are the teams playing in the grand final and they you know they they get to play a grand final on the G like the last time it was yeah. played and um you know there's no crowd there there's you know and from from all reports uh, Papua New Guinea is one of the better teams and they're quite uh-huh. a, quite a team to watch so but I'll say it now on the show if anybody's listening AFL any media from around the world if you want two Australians to cheap you know Keep coverage for the event. Just pay our airfares and accommodation. We'll do it all for pretty much. Maybe my beer pro, my beer cost as well. But we'll pretty much do it all for next to nothing. But I'm sure you can buy your own beers if they pay for our airfares, mate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll figure out who I need to talk to you to get you um, guys. Rifty, I reckon it'd probably be cheaper for me to buy my airfares than my beer money. <laughs> <laughs> That's for a yeah, week. 
That's probably true. And... That's a good call from Melbourne Sunshine Coast, yeah. Uh, it's, it's longer than a week, too. I think it's a couple of weeks. Yeah, we wouldn't be able to leave our club for, for two weeks. The joint, joint would catch a fire. Yeah. <laughs> you lost me there. No, we just, um, just have to shut it down for two weeks. It'll be yeah. right. I, love, I love that the, uh, the missus and the newborn have not come up at all at all about <laughs> the club. <laughs> the club and getting the Nationals. He's, he hasn't yeah. quite. He hasn't quite realised that he's going to have a baby soon. It still hasn't quite sunk in for oh, him. Oh no, so. it's, it's, it's it's sunk in this morning before we started recording. I was out here doing stuff, and I've walked in, and there's my wife moving stuff around the nursery to put the drawers together. Like, oh, yeah, no, 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 <laughs> it hasn't sunk in yet, mate. All right, it hasn't sunk in at all because you're still pepped up. You're up and about, and in about six weeks' time, when that baby's kept you up all night, that's when reality sinks in. That yet. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. We'll, see if you get, you'll see if you get the leave pass for the Sunshine Coast. That'll be a yeah. whole, whole number battle. Actually, that's, that's where I will because before this COVID thing hit, I was told, okay, Ricky, you've got, from about January, you've got six months or seven months to live your life. Keep doing what you were doing. Go out, enjoy your Saturday nights, get home at 3 a.m., stay in bed, hungover all day. And I've spent the last four months stuck at home not being able to do anything. <laughs> so I, 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 I spoke to her about it and I said, at points, I'm going to want a week, a weekend away, not straight away, but at some point. And she's like, yeah, no, that's, that's fair enough. You have, haven't been able to do what you wanted to do for the last six months. But I know, so that, I know that when it happens, it won't, it won't happen. When it comes to push, comes to shove, it won't happen. <laughs> but, it's, um, all, it's all joyful at the moment because the baby's not here. It's all, you know, Yeah, exactly. You feel the baby kicking. It's all sweet. And then, yeah. When you got the baby screaming its head off twenty four seven, that's when the missus ain't going to be going. You, you're not going to Sunshine fucking Coast. You, you're not going to the footy around the corner, <laughs> let alone Sunshine bloody Coast. So. No, no, we're we're already discussed that the kids coming with us the footy. We're going to go to the footy, put it in the rooms, walk away from it, and pick it up at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Speaking speaking about money and trying to get places, how hard is it for you guys to get sponsorship? Is that me? Yeah, uh, honestly, most, most of our sponsors come from um, like players, like companies that they work for. They'll get their, their bosses sponsor us. We do a big golf tournament at the beginning of the spring um, or beginning of the season, usually in April. It got canceled. It got pushed back and pushed back and then finally just canceled this year. Um, but that's, that's our big um, like fundraiser. So we'll have companies sponsor holes. Um, and that's just guys reaching out to, you know, people that they know. Um, and then we've, we've tried to do, you know, some, some bigger sponsors as far as like bar, you know, sponsors and things like that. It's, you know, you go to a bar enough times or, you know, somebody who owns a bar that's married to an Australian and you know that they'll be kind of favorable to you. Uh, so, so just kind of interlace things like that. But I know James yeah, we- has tried to incorporate some. We, uh, yeah, we've been talking to a number of sponsors this year, so um, it's a bit tough because a lot of the guys don't know what Aussie rules is when you're trying to, to get sponsorship as well, so they're not really sure what it's going to entail for them. But we've been in negotiations at the moment with a local uh, fitness club, which is opening up. It's only here in Dallas, so it's good for them. And um, part of the sponsorship's financial, but part of the sponsorship's the opportunity for our team to use their facilities. So it's kind of a, a quid pro quo in that 
Uh, we'll bring 20, 30 guys down into the gym. We'll make the, you know, they've got a, a big sort of circuit area. We'll be able to train in that. And I think it'll look good for them and, and hopefully, you know, get their logos and things on our material and they'll get some gym members out of it and that kind of thing. Um, and we've written to a lot of, you know, uh, sports stores over here. So, um, uh, we got some you know, smaller sponsorship deals through them. And, and as Zach said, a couple of the guys that are working for different companies have approached their companies. We've got a couple of companies actually that were coming on board um, and had agreed to sponsorships right when COVID hit and sort of was one of those checks in the mail type of moments. And then COVID hit and, and you know, they're still waiting checks in the mail. So we'll see if they end up coming through. But um, I think it's, it's a little bit tougher than probably what it would be in other areas uh, down in Melbourne or anything as well. But um, I think as we start to build a presence and we can start to, to frequent those pubs or frequent those those sponsors and, and give them more of shout outs and that kind of stuff, then, then hopefully they'll start to recognise the benefits of being sponsors and they'll grow that way. Yeah, nice. Um, but it's it's tough everywhere to get, get sponsors and especially to, to keep them for a long time. That's uh, even tougher. And I know COVID has not made anything easier. So hopefully all the businesses are able to keep the doors open and recover and and able to get behind you guys and you're able to pack out their bars and going with that we want to get into the social side of things it's one of our favorite things to talk about and most importantly we want to know what you guys do for grand final day grand final day well uh, i feel like in the, in the three years i've been with the club we've been at a different bar each year for it um all have gone well though this last year we were at um bar right by us where we practice called White Rock Ale House and Brewery, one of our main sponsors. Uh, they've got a great like outdoor, it's, it's more than a patio, it's just really an outdoor spot. We put up projector screens, you know, to put the game on there. Um, there's a like Dallas Facebook group called like Australians and, and Kiwis in Dallas. And so we, we post on there to get a lot of, um, you know, not just Dallas dingoes there. Um, James stood at the door collecting tickets, getting absolutely inebriated the whole time, um, selling plenty of merch and stuff. But uh, I know it wasn't the I best. I remember who won the grand final to watch the replay. <laughs> it wasn't much of a game. You didn't miss much. But we actually got um, we got a couple of new players that way. Some guy, first time hanging out with the club, he just, you know, Australian guy, saw a grand final party. So he came out and then – came and played nationals with us in Florida like a week or two later, which is, is pretty brave to be crossing state lines with a bunch of strangers, but he, uh, is, he was a good asset to have for sure. Uh, so that's a, that's a great like scene that they've got there, like great vibes going on at White Rock Ale House. That's and they let, us, they let us play the whole game. Some bars will want to shut down because here the game goes until a little after two in the morning, which is when bars close. And so we got to get permission, you know, to keep, to keep the lights on afterwards, you know, quit selling alcohol at two, we'll follow the law, but like, we'll keep, keep the doors open, please. Let us, let us finish the game. Uh, th my first year, three years ago, um, they like tried to kick us out. There was like 50, 60 people there saying no. <laughs> so they didn't have a choice to let us say. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a good night. And, uh, yeah. Um, it's luckily you, you didn't remember much of the game because it was a pretty ordinary <laughs> one. And mate, the was it two years before that? One of our mates is a mad uh, Richmond supporter, and he had to watch it again the next day after their first win because uh, not only was he too pissed, but he just made that dog there. Unfortunately, rewatch it again because uh, 
He's like, man, I can't remember the second half. I was too drunk. So, when you say rewatch it, I'd like to point out. So he passed out of my couch, woke up next morning, and when he says rewatch it, he means I think he stayed here to about woke up about nine a.m. was here till five p.m. and it was just on loop. So <laughs> as someone who just does not like Richmond whatsoever, it was very very painful to have to spend all day watching the same shit over and over again and constantly this bloke going oh but yeah good's Dusty Martin and me just going I really don't care <laughs> who's who's the guy though that was like his first game Marlon Mar- Marlon Pickett uh, yeah Marlon Pickett yeah, what, what a guy what a story that is. yeah, yeah just, um, unbelievable story for a guy playing his first AFL game and to step up like that like he did in a grand final is unbelievable it's a, it's a shame that uh his talent wasn't recognised earlier. Yeah. Uh, with, yeah. You know, he had some unfortunate off-field stuff that probably prevented him from getting picked up. But, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. It all worked out, I think. Yeah, well, fortunately, this sort of shutdown hasn't helped him with getting a, a longer-term deal and stuff like that. So, he, yeah, it might uh, not yeah, work. Not. He might not get that fairy tale end to his career, unfortunately. Uh, hopefully he does. After being a premiership hero, you think that look after him? Yeah, hopefully. Um, you also mentioned you travel out to like Oklahoma for games and stuff. And I was waiting for this. <laughs> we we want to know about some sort of footy trips and things like that. But um, Tiger King's been a massive part of our isolation. <laughs> over here. So have you ever ventured out to Joe Exotic's uh, Tiger Park at all in Oklahoma while you're out there playing footy? Before two months ago, I'd never heard of it. So That's actually Zach's summer job. He's been working there for a few years. So. <laughs> you, you don't get paid very well. You eat a lot of like warm hot dog yeah. meat. You get to play with yeah. tigers. Yeah. The, the third husband you never hear about on the show. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not what you're getting paid that I'd be worried about. It's what else they've got to do that I'd be worried about to, to, to be exactly. able to play with the Tigers. I got a tattoo on my, on my stomach. It says, Property of Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what, that's why you wanted to get the uh, jumper before, just to, just to put it on so we can see the tattoo. Yeah, the one on my ass says, Property of James. <laughs> Damn straight, mate. <laughs> All right, let's uh, jump into a bit of you know, about you blokes. So one thing I've actually just thought about, Rift, because we haven't asked, what numbers do you guys wear? I wear eight. And I, I don't wear a number. I'm, I've hung the boots up, fellas. So what, numbers, what, what was your number back in the day? Uh, I had a couple of numbers in the day. Uh, 13, actually. Unlucky number 13 was me for many years. And six was my other number. Yeah, no, lovely. It's the first time we've actually asked that question. I was just sort of sitting here going... I actually wouldn't mind knowing there's blokes have a certain number that they, you know, cause we've got yeah. a few blokes at our club and myself included that if someone come in to try to take their number, I'd probably write and whinge. Um, do you imagine someone trying to take, trying, yeah, someone trying to take my number rift? Well, you're lucky you're, you're a higher number. So I know, but many? imagine, imagine someone yeah. did. <laughs> every year you sort of get one bloke that comes in and goes, Oh, I'm not playing unless I get my number 12 or whatever it is. And, I think they're flogs, but anyway. Luckily, we don't have any of that. That seems outrageous. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's not like, uh, you know, when you get drafted to the NFL, you get assigned a number or something. It's, you know, yeah. Yeah, we have all these guys. And, uh, I'm number one. I should have number one jersey. 
flog. I remember, uh, I remember playing, you know, back in the, the juniors and what have you. Like, I'm a, I'm a tall guy. I'm 6'5 and, and sort of a bigger guy as well. So, it was always whatever size jersey would fit. Who's the XL? Who's the XL? And they'd hand it over. So, that was, that was no, no picking numbers then. Yeah, that's how I got my number. So, I'm number 42 and I got it because I've always been a bigger bloke. So, throughout juniors, you get the higher numbers. And then yeah. I sit here and say, imagine if someone coming to my club, climbing to my number. When I first got the sand down, the captain of the club actually wore number 42. And he was the bloke that got me down to the club. So I just sort of sat there and went, yep, nope, I'll wait. And then as soon as 42 <laughs> come available, I was on it like a just bang straight there. It was pretty much as soon as I found out, oh, he might not be coming back. I was calling the president. Okay, I want my number. I want my number. Um, but anyway, so how long have you blokes played for? And what's your position? What position did you play? Sorry. James? Yeah, I, uh, I played all my life. Aussie rules, um, up until I was about 17, actually, and then I switched over to rugby, and then I went back to Aussie rules again, um, and back to rugby again, so I, I went back and forth, so I ended up playing rugby powerhouse for, I think, three or four years, um, then, as I said, I ended up back at East Brighton Footy Club for a few years, and then I played with the Belmain Dockers uh, up in Sydney for a while, uh, now the Belmain Tigers, they were the Tigers, went to the Dockers, back to the Tigers, uh, and then I coached the, the second side there at Belmain for a while. Um, so I think that was, I had a pretty bad injury in about 2008, uh, back injury and put me out for most of the season. So I came back in 2009 and, uh, first training back managed to rip ligaments off my ankle. So that was, that was it. I said, I'm hanging the boots up after that. So, um, when I came down to Dallas, the guys kept saying, put your boots on, put your boots on. So I've had a few training sessions running around with the boys, but, um, it I, did I, not I, take I, much I convincing at all. <laughs> took about seven minutes to convince him to put the boots on. But, um, His arm was not twisted. If I if I get out there and play again, my wife's going to kill me. So if I, you know, the amount of injuries I've had over my career, uh, for a little while there, I was known as Mr. Glass. You know, think about that movie with uh, Samuel. Uh, so yeah, the body the body doesn't like it anymore. I'm, I'm, my playing days are done. James said he was going to come out to that first practice and just watch, but he brought his boots. So you're not going to bring boots and then not put them on. <laughs> I uh, hope somebody doesn't ask me to pull the boots on. <laughs> <laughs> what, these? No. As you placing them up. <laughs> yeah. Mate, it's, where else is it? It's uh, in our blood. We have to play. Yeah. yeah. I, have a, I have a hard time sitting watching others play, too. Uh, I hear you. I fucking hear you. <laughs> I, I stretched out a couple, uh, couple ankle sprains last year because I wouldn't just stop playing for a couple weeks. Hey, I end up taping up my body so much when I get out there. I look like the Michelin man walking around. <laughs> man, we have players that are like that every week. And uh, we've got a guy who gets his shoulder strap and it still pops out every week. He walks over the trainer, yep, it's out again. They pull it back in, tighten up the tape, and then he keeps going. And we're like, mate, aren't you, are you going to get that shoulder fixed? Ah, oh, no, nah, don't worry about it. Not yeah. after you complain anyway. So, uh, Zach, you uh, you mentioned the middle. Is that where you've played most of your footy? No, not until last year, actually. So they started me at fullback because I was an American not knowing what I was doing. Uh, so fullback's a great place to, to see the game. Um, I, played, I played safety whenever I played football growing up. So there's a lot of correlation there and ball hawking and things like that. But I pretty much would play in the back six, um, but then in the back, you just kind of match up by size. Uh, we were pretty undersized on defense, actually. At 6'2", I was our tallest guy. So I get to guard the 6'6", full forward. 
and then we had a couple like five ten dudes um who would cover you know the six four guys uh you know so it's fair like that um luckily they both were super quick and had hops and they would just you know hit it to the ground spoil it and then they could so much faster than the other guys so they're actually both very good um so yeah i started playing in the back and then i can't kick straight so i'm not gonna play forward and kick goals but uh move move to the middle when i got my hands down a little bit um probably last year when i moved forward yeah very nice i actually played american football in australia as a junior before uh actually even playing aussie rules at all i only came across the aussie rules at oh, 25 so i was a corner and free safety uh, yeah. through my juniors of gridiron is a lot of fun um, but yeah once i went to the senior game having to tackle guys that are six foot five and three times as wide as me oh, i thought now nah, I'll, I'll go to a different game <laughs> better not yeah um, and I, I know what it's like to be an undersized backman. I've been that pretty much most of my career at, at probably just over 5'5". Five, five. <laughs> uh, you just sit there and say, like, as you were saying, undersized. I'm a full forward. And as I was sitting there listening to you say, you know, I'm about 6'3". So hearing, oh, yeah, our back line's about six foot. I'm like, ah, oh, I do love them coming up against them back lines. And then you mentioned about the quickness and the hype. So I'm like, that is actually one reason why sometimes... You sit there and go, ah, oh, I've got myself a six footer or something, a couple, of, you know, a bit shorter than me, and then all of a sudden they're still managing to spoil it and beat you. It's they're getting very, hit. Um, yeah, that ball yeah. hits the ground. And our our full four is actually relatively short for a full four too. He's six two, but freak of an athlete. So we just kind of clear space and then kick it into that space and let him do his thing. So mate, that's that's what Fatus needs to do with me this year. Just, I'm back <laughs> from the injury. Clear out that fifty for me. Let me do me stuff. So you, you, you're putting yourself in the freak of an athlete category, are you? Mate, you see my... <laughs> uh, did you not see my first game and a half last year before I went down for the season? Mate, you did all right. I set you up a couple of times with a couple of goals there. <laughs> and I looked after you. Could don't don't give away stuff. your strategies to opponents now. Don't let them <laughs> pick up on a secret. Exactly. <laughs> there yeah, aren't no secret. There is no secret. <laughs> I just happened to have a good couple of two games at the start of last season before I injured myself. And it's, uh, it's good because now when I get back out there, it's going to be, oh, you know, it dog's back fantastic. But if I had had a couple of shit games before I went down, it would have been like, oh, fucking who cares? <laughs> and uh, he pretty much gives away his secret as he's abusing all the players to get out of his fucking <laughs> way every game. So just get out of my fucking space. Just move. That's clear. Let's clear out. There's, there's a, the game, so... I went there, I ruptured my Achilles in round two and I was about halfway through the third quarter and I'd kicked seven before that happened. And at one, I think it was in the first, I think it was in the third quarter I went down. I've actually taken a mark and as I'm taking the, as I've taken the mark, I've started abusing the bloke that was trying to come across and take the mark in front of me telling me to get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> so I just sit there and say, I abused blokes. I literally took the mark and then started giving it to him for almost fucking cutting me off. Being close. <laughs> so yeah, that's my secret. Abuse. <laughs> yeah. Um, no Sorry, what was that? So nobody wants to stand next to him, not even his own teammates. Oh, mate, he's if if uh, an on baller doesn't deliver it to him right in right in front, they're copping it. So, okay, so actually, I'm going to pull you up on that one. Way. I'm going to pull you up on that one because <laughs> in the last last about two weeks recording this, we've actually been allowed out to kick with more than one people 
one more than one, one, more than one person. person. And I went down with a oh, good old Jorge Exotic, the bike that pops his shoulders out. And the first about four kicks he set to me were just absolutely no way near me. And he's sitting there waiting for the abuse, waiting for the abuse. And I'm like, do you want something, mate? This is the only time I won't abuse you because it's the first time someone's actually kicking me in the footy. I'm testing out my Achilles. But if you kick like, so you know, I was like, yeah, it's good. Like, if we get the training and you kick me like this, get ready for the abuse. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a standard forehead kick. That's what do you yep. expect? So he was apologising. Like, no, mate, you're fine. You know, it's well, he was the one that kicked the ball to me that made me have to stretch that bit further when my Achilles snapped. So. That's one thing I'll say about being over here. I mean, we, we have so many guys that are brand spanking new to the game, never having kicked a footy before we come down to training. So, I mean, it, it is one of the things I think that's a bit tougher for some of the guys where, you know, you have guys who play for two, three, four, five years. You have Aussies who come over and then you have brand spanking new guys who've never ever kicked a footy and you, you see them, you know, holding the footy and you start to cringe before it hits the boot. So, the delivery, I think, is something that we're really, at training sessions, working on and going right back to, just basic, basic fundamentals. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things where you take it for granted again, growing up playing Aussie rules, you're kicking the ball when you're four, five, six years of age every single day, and then suddenly you've you got a guy who rocks up who's 31, 32, who's never kicked the footy before. Um, the deliveries, let me just say, it's not always spot on. So we, uh, I think some of the guys will feel your pain, mate. We're probably about uh, 30% of the guys who are, who are still struggling to hit a target, but, you know, the other guys are coming good. Nah, we, we, I, I, we have this... I go ahead. Oh, go explain. Uh, we have this thing where every Australian that we get has never played footy before. I don't yeah, know how it happens. Um, of it's like, actually maybe, it's very common. A yeah. lot of the a lot of the American teams we've spoke to, they've got Aussie guys that they didn't play footy back home, and they've a way they've sort of, you know, taken in some Aussie culture over there is they've got involved in a footy club but they've never kicked a footy they've never played it so it's it's more common than you think over there yeah i, I mean it's I think as well because some of those guys who haven't played before also don't follow it so you want to have conversations about footy and what's going on in the afl or whatever else and some of the guys are like oh i don't have a team you know i'm from from queensland i've played rugby or whatever never played aussie rules and uh, and they don't have an aussie rules team or anything like that so it's it's kind of a, a, a different round the club culture too where guys aren't sitting around talking footy 24 7 it's disgraceful. Even even just before <laughs> just before we hopped on this on this podcast, I was kicking with um, a, a brand new guy to the club. You know, messaged us during during this quarantine period. He's an Australian, but he grew up playing playing baseball. So I was, I mean, we were we were going over fundamentals of kicking. Um, he played a little bit, luckily in like junior high. So it's it's like riding a bike, you know. Came came back to him a little bit, but just a that's just part of the trend, I guess. Yeah, we got a few basketball guys, a few rugby guys. Yeah, yeah. So you say it's like it comes back to you. It's like kick uh, riding a bicycle. So as I mentioned, like I was out all last year, didn't kick a footy for a good ten months. And when I was kicking the footy for the last couple of months, it's been literally just to myself, kick the ball, run after it. As I said before, I was kicking with uh, Jorge Exotic and also another bloke from our team, Benny, and. I can still kick and everything like that, but I'm actually misjudging my distance. So what I think is, oh, yeah, that's the distance it needs to travel. It keeps dropping short. And I'm like, I actually now start to understand why blokes will sit there and say, I haven't played for a couple of years. I don't, you know, I've always been like, you played footy, you're fine. You can miss it, miss out for five years, come back and nothing changes. I'm actually now learning that's actually not the case. And even just simple little judgment of distances and shit like that is a bit. Yeah, you got it. You got to shake off the rust. It was kind of a wake-up call coming into my like second year. 
um, after that first year, ton of improvement, you know, from having not played before to, to playing the season. Felt pretty good um, where I ended up. And then didn't play for the six months of offseason or whatever. And I expected to just walk back on there of, of full form. And I definitely like taking a step back. Uh, so it was almost like two steps forward, one step back for the first first couple of years for sure. Having uh, having been out of footy for a few years before I came back to Dallas, I started kick. I hadn't kicked a footy until I came to that first training session for probably five years, I reckon, um, with all my travel and whatever. And I uh, I used to be able to kick a footy a decent distance, and now you know, I think yesterday we were having a kick, and I thought oh, I'll I'll line up from about forty meters out, and I felt the back go and the knee go and everything go. So certainly haven't done that for a while. You you lose a lot of that form, I'll tell you. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely unique skill set that uh you know when you it's one thing to you know teach a bloke how to kick the footy and you know that you get them their decent technique going but then they got to do it on the run while someone's chasing him and trying to kill him and yeah all, all that that learning's gone out the window we actually spoke to uh denver and they had a guy they called standstill because he had to stop from a sprint and stand still to kick the footy <laughs> Um, Man, that's a that's a fun nickname to end up with. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think you'd. Uh, you but I mean, that's how you have to learn. Way. Though you have to learn planted. You know, make sure everything's squared, and then start there, and then build up, build up from that. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, hopefully, he's working on uh, kicks on the run now. Uh, he'd actually been playing for years, so he'd uh, get just uh, couldn't get it in his ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, we you've. Obviously, uh, James hasn't played a game, but what's been the biggest highlight for you being involved in the, the Dallas Dingoes? And for you, Zach, what's been the biggest highlight? And I'm sure internet getting it to actually play for the international team will be your biggest highlight, but what's been the biggest highlight so far? Uh, yeah, definitely definitely just having um, Coach Tom Ellis come up, come up to me after that game at Nationals and, and congratulate me on making the team was pretty big. Uh, you know, that, that definitely feels good. Um, other like highlights. So I, I tell you what, from like a couple months after I joined the club, LA came and uh, Austin B or maybe Tulsa came and played, I played a game in Dallas and I got, uh, I got a game, I got best on for, you know, playing defense against LA. Um, but I was sitting at this table at, at the post bar um, with all these LA guys, right. Trying to like, you know, mix it up and, and meet some like new people. Um, and so only Dallas guy, at a table of LA guys. And when, you know, they announced me as like best on for against, against LA, they mobbed me like hugs and kisses. And I was like, man, like what a, what a community to be in. Like these pretty much strangers, like get me, get around me like that. Um, that definitely like solidified kind of my, my passion for footy and, and what the USAFL um, is really trying to encourage and be about. I just love that Zach slips, slips in the old best on, and he failed to mention that LA happened to have a women's team. So you can imagine the LA girls while while we at that table, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think they brought their women because we don't have women for them to play against. I, I right. might have been over there. I get nervous, James. You know me. It's true. Yeah. Yes. See over here. We like to give the best on after a game, you know, in the club rooms. And um, I bet you there's probably at least 10 blokes sitting there going, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get the six-pack this week. And 
they're not mobbing the bloke that gets it. They're usually pissed off. He didn't get it. It's good that, yeah, you, you're able to get that community going. But um, what about AFL teams? Who do you guys follow? Have you adopted a team, Zach? I, I have. I told you uh, my rugby teammate in college, I got me into footy, and he's from Sydney, so I'm now a Sydney Swans fan. The first game of footy that I watched was a grand final that they lost to Hawthorne. Uh, so, you know, I hated Buddy Franklin, but now I guess I like him. I, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a mad Kangaroos fan. Have been – all my family are, have been for many, many years. So, bring on the Kangas. Oh, that's, that's unfortunate. That, uh... <laughs> this year it is, unfortunately, but – the last yeah. few years, but no, but I was I was there I was there in '96 and I was there in '99, so I remember that fondly. Yeah, we won't get into that. '99. Um, no, I'm a Carlton man, so yeah, yeah, it's a uh, good game. And unfortunately, Buddy's Buddy's done his hamstring again, so he'll be out for a few weeks again. I saw so, that. Yeah, um, you won't get to see him in action for the Swans for a while, but. All right, now it's now it's time for our favourite part. It's you've already started doing it. James has already started trying to throw Zach under the bus, but it's it's what we like to do. We like to throw guys under the bus, and um, so we've got a few questions for you, and you sort of nominate who you're gonna throw under the bus. You can do one each, or if you mutually agree on someone. We'll, uh, so what's the first one, Echo? All right. So who at the uh, Dingoes would you say is the ladies' man? Oh, probably a couple. I know. I know Vice President Jacko has been on a on a Tinder or Bumble date with every blonde in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's got to be up there. Um, unanimous best looking guy is Jay Duncan, but he's married with a child on the way, so I don't know if I can put him in a ladies' man category. Oh, I feel his pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've only been around the club for a few months, but in the few months I've seen that, I, I tell you, Zach gives it a good good crack there's probably a, a reason we don't have a women's side at the moment because he is you know like a golf course 18 holes for zach so <laughs> I, I run him all off is what you mean <laughs> i just thought yeah. he meant that uh you know joe might get a bit jealous <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right so uh how about the class clown yeah i might name myself on that one uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm usually jumping around fucking with people i don't know if that's the I like to set the set the tone, you know, coming out to training and things like that. I do better when I'm having fun. I play so much better when I'm enjoying playing. So I just force everybody else to to fuck around with me. Yeah, that's fair enough as well. You, you know, playing footy is about having fun. So no one should be out there not enjoying themselves. How about you, yeah, James? Especially at the USFL level. Yeah. yeah. At any level. Uh, that matter, you know, what right, level yeah, exactly. You should be having fun. And I think that's the biggest problem in AFL at the moment is that their blokes are just drilled into the ground and it's not fun, but it's, you know, good money, I guess. But uh, James, how about you? Who's the class clown? Class clown. Um, I mean, I I, I haven't been around the blokes long enough and I think they'll take me too seriously because I take it too seriously um, as the coach. But I know I've I've heard a few stories about Nathan Hatton, one of our players, being a bit of a jokester and a prankster around the club. So um, when we can all get back out and and in-person training again, I'll get to witness some of that in person. Can I change my answer uh, to Nathan Hatton? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'll throw as many as you want on the bus. Former, uh, former Texas Tech rugby player. I've known him for a few years, and I've never seen him be serious in the best way possible. 
no, it's good. And it's a bit rich coming from this guy talking about having fun and whatnot. You've never seen a bloke with more white line fever than him. So, <laughs> so you say that, mate. But I could know about 10 blokes in the team who's got worse white line fever than me. Uh, I don't know, mate. Okay, Morris, Proctor. Yeah, yeah but two. There's two, yeah. Yeah. Two. Uh, well, Proctor got suspended for a... Uh, uh, Ninja flying kick. They they reported it as. <laughs> he was laying on the he was laying on the ground. What happened? It was yeah, he was spinning on the kick. ground and uh, yeah, some break dancing. Yeah, unusual. But anyway, uh, who was the uh, who's the biggest party animal? Oh, there's there's a couple of guys you can count on showing up to the game on Saturday a little hungover. Uh, so I I got to give it to. Jay, Jay Duncan and, and Jay Spredenberg for, for that one. Just champs on the field, but the light is bright and things are loud on Saturday morning. Especially if we're, especially if we're starting out and if we're playing in Austin for the weekend, you know, they go down there the day before. We're playing really anywhere. They're going to go down there a little early. Good, good fun to hang around, though, uh, Saturday nights afterwards. I can't drink the night before a game. Yeah, I, I don't drink at all, so I couldn't imagine having uh, <laughs> drinks before a game. Uh, anyone else, James, that you can think of? Uh, mate, I, you know, as I said, I've only been around for a little while and COVID hits. I haven't really been able to socialise with the boys much, but um, the only function that I really went to last year was was the grand final event. And as I said, I, I'm not self-proclaimed party animal by any stretch, but I certainly don't remember the, rep the end of the night. So I couldn't tell you who else was any good either that night. James, James has some stories. If, if y'all were asking maybe 10 years ago who the biggest party animal was, I think it'd be James here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, not, not remembering half of the grand finals, a pretty fair crack, uh, especially when you're at a, a club that you've just become involved at. It's a fair effort to uh, <laughs> well, they put me on as dormant there to, to collect cash from people on the way in and, um, and it's all table service over here. So you stand there and every time the waiter walked out to get any single order, I was the first bloke he saw. So he got to a point where he was just putting pints in front of me without me asking. And, and as I said, I, I don't know how much money I collected by the end of the night or what was going on, but this guy literally was in and out the door every seven to ten minutes and there was a fresh pint in front of me every time. So Probably losing track of what money we were bringing in and what money he was using to pay for those yeah, pints. Probably. Yeah, probably. Half the people got yeah. let in for free. Yeah, come in, come in. <laughs> but the club, the club ended welcome. up down two grand. <laughs> and, that's, and, and that's why I would never be put in the door. Because that's yeah. what would happen. I think, I think they learned their lesson. We, um, we had a whole group of people get their um, reserve, uh, serving of alcohol certificates. And Ed Dog was like, well, there's no point in me getting one, mate. I'm never going to be sober enough to serve alcohol at the bar. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Just going to be sober enough, huh? Yeah. But, uh, it wasn't for me last year, mate. Who knows where the club would be? <laughs> <laughs> Propping up the bar. Yeah, exactly. But who's, who's the guy you've played with that uh, takes it far too seriously? And James obviously hasn't played alongside you, but I'm sure he's going to take it pretty serious on the, the coaching sideline. But, uh, yeah, who's the, the player that just takes the game far too seriously? Well, James, James definitely takes it seriously, but he's who you want to take it seriously. Uh, someone, someone has to be there to motivate and, and maybe crack the whip a little bit. Um, but it's it's been great the level of effort that he's put into the club, even in being here for a year, I guess, or, or even less. Um, so 
taking it too seriously, James Henderson, but the club is better off for it. And I, uh, I'd probably say we, we got one of our players. I've got to give him credit for being serious. But uh, Mike Birch, he's a he's a local firefighter here in Dallas. Um, and uh, I think probably every day or every other day, I get his. You know, I've done this many squats today, and I've done this many you know rack pulls, and I've done this. And what you know, we're getting up at five a.m. tomorrow to do this. And and I keep having to tell the guy, I'm, I'm not going to go lift weights, mate. I'm not. I'm not going to go. I'm not playing anymore. Don't worry about it. Nothing. Yeah, at least every other day I get his training updates and, and how heavy he squatted that day and all the rest of it. So he's he's definitely very keen on it. Um, the actually, a quick story about him, though, he, he went over to uh, Frio and played in the Waffle for a little while. So he's a pretty good player, pretty big guy, and um, yeah, had his opportunity over there and came back, and, and now he's a fiery here. So I think they do, I think it's 24 hours on and 48 hours off or something like that for their shifts. So that 48 hours, I think all he does is just train for 48 hours straight. And I hear about every single lift. <laughs> he to, when, when he joined the club, he was sending me his workouts and probably every day. They're extensive. The dude works out like a maniac. But, yeah. but I just quit replying to him after a minute. <laughs> yeah, I, I went for a run this morning. That was 40 minutes. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's enough for me for a week, let alone <laughs> a whole day. Um, uh, so who's got the best nickname? You know, we don't use nicknames as much as we should, especially, you know, it's pretty commonplace in footy. But uh, my, my favorite nickname is a guy I played rugby with. Name's Eric Spank. Goes by Chug. Uh, and f- probably not why you think it's – but it's a nickname I, I almost exclusively use for him. Um, it's, it's starting to catch on a little bit with some other people, um, especially the guys that, that we all played rugby together. They still call him that. That, that's my favorite name. Chug, Chug Latte, Chug Lug, you know, whatever you want to twist you want to put on it. And I'll, I'll give you mine. It's, um, it's a bloke who I think self-professed this nickname. So we, we did some footy player profiles and I said to all the guys, right, give us your name, you know, your position, give us your nickname, all the rest of it. And uh, I'm going to throw him under the bus, which I've done about six times this call. But um, Zach as well put himself down as sheriff. And I thought, <laughs> no one's called you sheriff a day in your life, mate. Don't try and start that. <laughs> that, was, that was my rugby hey, nickname. Haven't, haven't caught on since, sheriff. That was so, mine. Like, like two people commented. I had it tattooed inside my lip. It said sheriff. It's all <laughs> faded out real quick. Oh, there's one other. There's one other nickname. It, it didn't stick like it needed to. Uh, we have a guy, Ace was once called the Filipino Thunder uh, <laughs> during the Metro. Uh, our other, other coach, Darren, Darren threw that out there. We didn't know where it came from. We just all died laughing. And <laughs> we need to make more of an effort to call him that, Filipino Thunder. <laughs> That's a ripping nickname. All right. So which two blokes at the club have got the biggest bromance? Oh, tough. Um, two guys that are good friends always showed up together, it seems like. Uh, Monty Lack and and Goffy, Michael Goff, those dudes are are super tied, of course. Uh, the two dudes, like I said, for uh, showing up as party animals Saturday mornings, Jay Duncan, Jay Spredenberg, solid romance going on there. Uh, yeah, James, what do you think? Yeah, I, I got to back up the Goffy and Monty uh, comment. I mean, those guys. Um, if one of them's at training, you know, the other one will generally be at training, and if one of them's at a at an event, you know, the other one will be there. And I think. If one of them pulls out, the other bloke will be like, oh, I can't turn up tonight, pull the heartstrings. So those, those two blokes tend to be the oh, sort of Oh, pull out from training. Oh, I thought that was going somewhere else. Wow. <laughs> never, 
never know. He did ask for a bromance, mate. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know what you know I'm back. Oh, shit. <laughs> there are so many ways I could go, but I just don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say those blokes, though. Coffee and money. Yeah, we're, we're, there's, there's guys like that at every club that, you know, they only turn up if the other's turning up and things. Uh, we got a couple couple guys like that that, yeah, if the other bloke's not turned up, you won't expect to see the other. So it's unfortunate. I mean, I, th- I think one of the other things, like these these guys, I, uh, I had to introduce into the concept of an end-of-season footy trip recently because it's not something they've traditionally done. So I'll be pretty curious to see when all these party animals and, and all these bromances and everything else come out in the footy trip. And I've had some rippers over the years, so I'm pretty sure once these guys have one or two decent footy trips, it'll be something they start uh, building towards all season and realise the importance of that too. But... We'll get some of the guys out. We'll, we'll test all this. Yeah, I think uh, if you haven't planned where you're going yet, or I can heading down to Colombia to go play a game against the Bogota uh, Bulldogs would be a, a great place to have a first footy trip and uh, get a game in as well. Definitely. Yeah. Well, won't be. But it's it's been great having you guys on. We appreciate you jumping on and having a chat with us and learn a bit more about the Dallas Dingoes. And before we do wrap up. I am a Cowboys fan. I've waited to the end at Dogs. So I haven't haven't jumped in through the middle and, and asked about the Cowboys. I was sort of hoping that we got all that out of the way before we started recording. No, 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 mate. <laughs> when the fuck are we going to sign Dak Prescott? What's going on, boys? Get down there and... and He's pretty get... expensive when you've got Andy Dalton on your, on your roster, too. Mate, Andy's playing for peanuts, and you'll probably never see the field, but... Come on, we've got to get that steal done. What's going on? Yeah, a uh, couple months. I mean, you you remember what happened with Zeke last year, right? The dude got to go have a vacation, got to train on his own in paradise, and came back and you know destroyed the league. So I think uh, maybe maybe Dak will go find the same hotel room that Zeke stayed in until Jerry Jones wants to pull out his pocketbook. Yeah, it's. Uh, I get a lot of stick for being a Cowboys fan, like we told you uh, out. A couple of our mates are Green Bay fans and they're all telling me how shit Dak is. And I'm like, mate, they obviously haven't watched enough Cowboys games because he's, he's a star in a make. Like, he's he's done pretty good for a, his uh, short career and I reckon they just got to get that deal done. They keep talking about four years. Yeah, he only wants four, not five. But uh, I think the dingo's got to go find him and uh, get, get that deal done for us. <laughs> If he doesn't sign, if he doesn't sign up for the Cowboys, maybe he'll be a dingo. You never know. Maybe, maybe if we can get some more sponsorships, if Jerry Jones won't offer him the right kind of money, we can we can slide in there and swoop yeah, yeah. on. <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate. it. Where can everyone go to follow along the dingoes and um, and you know maybe get in touch with you guys if they're heading over to the states. Yeah, if, if anyone is trying to get in touch with us, Instagram is probably the best way. You can just search Dallas Dingoes. AFC on there, Australia Football Club. Um, Facebook too, but uh, yeah, slide, slide in our DMs on Instagram, <laughs> likes and pics. I'm, I'm a follow for follow type of guy, pretty much. <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, is anything else at them? I just want to thank you guys for joining us. Uh, as when people are seeing this, you would say that you're the end of our USAFL week. We've done seven clubs in seven days and you know, I couldn't think of two better blokes to finish it off with. You guys have been fantastic. Um, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be able to get into our rooms and get some stuff out and we'll send across a polo shirt or 
something that we've got laying around there across to America and get it to you, to you fellas as a bit of a thank you and a bit of a mateship between the two clubs. But um, yeah, I think, I think we can find some some extra polos laying around here too for you guys. Uh, it'd be lovely, mate. We would appreciate it. Yeah, but thanks for joining us, guys. Um, yeah, I've got nothing else to say. It's been a great chat and yeah, been thanks fun. for having it's been real good fun. So, uh, that was great. Thanks, guys. Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, yeah, and hopefully you guys get some game. And um, hopefully, uh, you get to the uh, international cup next year too, Zach. Uh, I'm gonna hit you up. I expect to see you guys over there. <laughs> uh, we'll try our best. I might get there. He might, he won't be able to. <laughs> I'll get there, mate. I'll get there. Yeah, all right. I just may come back without a wife. That's all. <laughs> Pros and cons. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, thanks again for joining us for that episode of the CobraCast. Uh, this has been another episode in the USAFL week we're doing. Um, make sure you go check out their social media and follow along their journey, as well as all the other teams we've got coming up. Uh, but where can everyone else go to find out about our stuff, Eto? Well, for our stuff, mate, they can go to Facebook and at Sandown Cobras FNC or search Sandown Cobras Football Netball Club. They can hit up our Instagram at Sandown Cobras FNC or hit up our, uh, our Twitter at Sandown Cobras. There is another page on there that is at Sandown Cobras FC. Ignore that page. That's no longer working. Twitter won't delete it. Um, but, mate... Or you can, head, sorry, you can head to our website, www.sandowncobrasfnc.com.au. Or if you want to know more about USAFL, you can head to www.usafl.com. You can search United States Australian Football League on Facebook and Twitter. There's also uh, the, US, what is it, sorry, the US Footy News. They are a Facebook page and they do a podcast called Outside 50, which is hosted by, or co-hosted is one of the people that we spoke to from Denver a couple of weeks ago. So make sure you go listen to that if you want to know a bit more about US footy. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next one. <laughs> Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number. Hey Siri, play the Cobra Cast with the present VP.